podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Ellie, today's guest, Esther Brzezinski of the Esther's Breeze podcast, started podcasting in her 60s. I know. It's like I always say, 50 is the new 30. Now I finally understand why you've been banned from driving. Attention, rebels of the show pollution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa chalet. As a reminder, the Sherpa is available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and funerals. He's very good at vacuuming. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels, and welcome to Too Many Podcasts. It is the podcast about podcasts. You are listening to Jim, the podcast Sherpa, the guy who's not as complicated as your last game of Wordle. Welcome to Mount Podcastia. And I'm coming to you from the Sherpa Chalet. And I thought I'd tell you a little bit about our guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? Her name is Esther Brzezinski. She is the host of the podcast, Esther's Breeze. And she's also the co-host of another podcast. Really interesting lady. She got into podcasting in her 60s. Now, I know there's never really an age limit for anything. Unfortunately, I've always had to deal with the height limit. You know, there's always, you have to be this tall to do a lot of things, but you know, eh, what am I going to do? Anyway, um, back to what I was saying. Yes, Esther. Yes. So she started in her sixties and she also actually became a micro influencer on TikTok. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky if I could just get three people to look at me on TikTok without calling the police. No, not for those reasons. Just they'll think that something's wrong. I don't know. It's, I just have that kind of luck. Anyway, we had a wonderful conversation, and you are going to get to hear it right about now. And check out her podcast, too. And uh, it's really cool. And she's a super nice person. Even though she said she was in her 60s, she certainly doesn't look it. And she definitely has the spirit of someone much younger. So I am sure you are going to enjoy hearing what she has to say. So let's have a listen to my conversation with Esther Brzezinski of Esther's Breeze. Hello there, Rebels. We are here in the Sherpa Chalet conference room, and my guest today is an actress, a voiceover actress, and she's got a podcast called Esther's Breeze, and she's got another one going on that she is a co-host on. We're going to get to the bottom of all of this. She's coming to us (laughs) from Quebec, the lovely city of Montreal, Quebec, and her name is Esther Brzezinski, and... Her motto is, age is not my cage. And we're going to get to the bottom of that, too. We had a lot of work to do here, Rebels. Okay, so let's welcome Esther to the show. Hello, Esther. Hey, thank you so much. You've definitely done your research. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. So, well, let's start off with the motto, though. I mean, that, that's an interesting motto, age is not my cage. 
So I actually heard somebody say it and it really resonated with me because because I was in my early 60s when I pivoted from being an entrepreneur to getting into showbiz, doing the voiceover work and uh, acting and starting a podcast. So I just felt that, yeah, that that's me. You know, I, I pivoted and I, I reinvented myself and it has nothing to do with how old I am with my chronological ages. It's how I feel inside. So yeah, age is not my cage. In other words, it doesn't stop me from moving forward and, and trying new things and you know, being my authentic self. So I just use it everywhere and anywhere I can. <laughs> I like it. It's, 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 a, it's a good motto to live by. You know, we, we shouldn't be held down by, you know, how old we are, especially when, you know, you're capable of doing anything at any time, really. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. So I just, you know, it's, I actually use it as a hashtag in all my social media platforms and, uh, it just, and it works. And people actually know it's me now when they see the hashtag. And it resonated with a lot of other people as well because, you know, we sort of felt, uh, I guess it's our generation being baby boomers. We were, we were the generation that saw the changes and were part of all the big changes. And it just, it doesn't, it's our mindset. We just always feel kind of young. That's mm-hmm. just who we are. You're not that much older than me, so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when you started getting into acting and, and especially podcasting, did the technology intimidate you at all? Not at all. I am a lover of technology. I am a complete and total nerd. So that in that area, I had absolutely no problem. I literally was taught in one day how to use a StreamYard, for instance, because it's a broadcast podcast huh? that I'm on. And I had absolutely no trouble working with it. Um, it was more intimidating actually going live than dealing with the, the platform and the software. That, that's not an issue for me, but it is an issue for a lot of people in my age group, I, I do have to admit. Yeah, that, that does happen. I guess it, it just gets a little scary sometimes, you know, that people are thrown in front of a computer screen and like, okay, well, now you have to do this and now you have to do this. And like, well, wait a minute, what happened to the typewriter and the rotary phone? And Yeah, exactly. You know, things, things were so much simpler than it's like, why are you you know, making this harder and <laughs> in the name of making it easier? It's true, but I actually find it a lot easier to use all this technology. I mean, I, I often joke with my kids that I would, you know, if I could, I would take my cell phone and like have it implanted in my arm. Like, <laughs> that, that would make me happy. I, I just find all this technology so intuitive and, and it does make life easier. Yes, there is the dark side. Absolutely. I can see that. I'm a lover of social media and I do see the dark side of it as well. But I think it's it's absolutely, you know, changed my life in so many ways and, and has since the mid-90s, to be quite honest. So I've, I've always been a lover of it. You were an entrepreneur before you started getting into acting. Is that right? Yes. So I had a small home-based uh, fashion accessory business. So I, And I was in a store for many years. I rented space in a store. And then I used to do pop-up sales. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And... Uh, the main thing that I did at that point was doing a lot of pop-up sales and that just stopped. So I kind of, and I had already started doing voiceover work sort of as a side hustle. So when that all happened, I decided, well, you know, I'm just going to continue with the voiceover work. I had started taking some acting classes. I was in a few student films and I just continued in that area, but it was difficult because everything was online. So, um, you know, but 
voiceover work, that is absolutely no problem. I have my own little home studio and there's all these pay to play websites. So you just go, you audition and they hire you and you just, you do it from the comfort of your own home and you upload it and you send it to the client. So that, that actually kind of worked. And for acting, um, you know, I was submitting myself and, you know, doing auditions online, self tapes and doing zoom auditions. And, and at, at that point, once I actually started getting work, everything had started to open up a bit. So we were able to go on set. And so I was able to experience that as well. And podcasting just sort of came out of acting. I met people in the acting world who were also podcasters. And uh, listen, everybody and their mother became a podcaster <laughs> in the last year, right? That is so, true. Yeah. So, you know, one of my friends says, hey, you should do podcasts. And I went, uh, I don't know. Well, yes, this is what we're going to do. And basically gave me 24 hours to get it all figured out. And he went and announced it on Facebook. I had no choice. And that's how it happened. And he taught me everything. He was my mentor. His name is Robert D'Alessio. He's actually my co-host on Noon Hour Out of the Box. And that was it. The rest is history. You know, and I just went on and I was terrified and I just did it scared. That that, that was another motto I had. The, the, the early part of last year was like, I'm just, I'm just doing everything scared, but I'm doing it. That's the bottom line. Nothing wrong with that. So is uh, out of the box different from Esther's Breeze uh, as far as like podcasts are concerned or is it the same type of show? So Esther's Breeze, I did a first season from uh, February to June, and that was mostly 45 minutes to an hour long of interviewing creatives, actors, directors, producers, authors, comedians. I even had um, a psychic on. And Noon Hour Out of the Box is really a 15-minute, though now it goes more to 20 and 25 minutes, sort of little afternoon interlude where my friend and I just talk about different subjects. And we just started to bring on a little bit of guests as well. Sometimes we, we talk about the like, this Wednesday, uh, we're talking about toxic relationships. So we'll talk about different subjects, chronic illnesses, or, or just how we feel about things. It's, it's more of a, a dialogue with each other more than anything else. So it is different. Yes, the two podcasts are very different from one another. Okay. When you were younger, did you ever think about becoming an actress or this just kind of happened when, you know, things changed with your business? I always wanted to be an actress. I was very discouraged by my parents. <laughs> so I, I actually did take some classes in my early 20s. I actually, you know, did a little bit of extra work and I was even starting to be trained as a behind the scenes person in theater and at that time, I was already married, and my ex-husband basically said, oh, no, this, this life, this is ridiculous. So, you know, you have to make a choice because, you know, picking you up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, it was just, it became too, you know, difficult. So I chose to give it up and just continue working, and, you know, then I had children, etc. And with my parents, it was the same thing. It's I wanted to go into acting and I ended up getting a degree in psychology. So, <laughs> you know, I was basically told that, uh, yeah, that's not something you should go into. So unfortunately I did listen. And many years later I did, 
you know, go back and sort of live out sort of my childhood dream, so to speak. And I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm still a baby when it comes to this particular area. But I guess it's always fun to kind of have, you really kind of looking at it from a different perspective as well, too. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's probably an ambition, but it's probably a, a different kind of ambition from when you were younger. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I don't think I fully understood it when I was younger. I, I didn't realize everything that was involved. It was more, uh, I think I was attracted more to the glamour side of things. And uh, I, I also believe that I was always acting throughout my life as well. I think it was always part of who I was. I was always the clown in my class. I was the one who'd get into trouble because I had the big mouth and I would just, you know, I like to have fun and could imitate all my friends. And I, you know, just, I was basically the clown. So I always kind of had it in me to perform. I used to perform for my mother's friends, for my brother's friends. So it is a part of who I am. But, you know, it, again, you get discouraged and, you know, you're, you're sort of encouraged to take the, the usual path. And, and then you get to a point in your life that you just want to, you know, really be you and be your authentic self. So that's what I did. And it's still there. The, the wackiness is still there. So thank God for that. Did you have any sort of a dream role to, that you would wanted to play? I always kind of wanted to be the uh, female Woody Allen, I guess, the kind of <laughs> just, you know, the uber neurotic, uh, you know, always depressed, uh, you know, see my therapist five times a week type of role, but, you know, kind of related to it, not because of that was my actual life, but I kind of understood all the neurosis and the humor in all of it. So, you know, that. That's kind of what I could see myself doing. Definitely being, you know, kind of a, you know, neurotic middle-aged Jewish woman. <laughs> but you don't have the Woody, the Woody impression down yet, even though I know you like New York accents. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. Not really. But uh, no, we were doing accents before we came on air. That's right. The Long Island. And I was talking about when I was in Brooklyn as a child and, we watch Batman. Yeah. So that was, yeah, those are cool accents. I do. I do. I'm not so great at accents. I have to say I'm more, I have more of a narration type of voice when it comes to voiceover, but I, I enjoy fooling around with accents. You do a pretty good New Yorker. I got to say oh. that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You did it off the cuff too. It wasn't even like you had to think about I it. I did. I did. You're right. You're right. I guess I should have belonged in New York. I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should go visit for a while. I don't know. <laughs> I'll go back to Brooklyn go back and watch Batman, you know. But the, and now I've aged myself. By I was nine years old and Batman was king. So on TV, with, was it Adam West? Was he the, the lead yeah. role? Yeah, it was Adam West. Yeah, Adam West and Burt Ward. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good show. Adam West still alive? I don't think uh, so. No, no. He just passed no. away. Uh, no, I think within, within the last couple of years he passed away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. They've all they've all gone. They're all going. That's it's sad. It's true. <laughs> I know. I'm dealing with that too. When some you see a lot of the favorite actors from the '60s and the. 50s and in the, even the 70s all of a sudden they're they're not around as much anymore even like these shows that were so iconic and you try and tell somebody about it 
who's and younger. No idea. You look at you like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I know, I know, you know, and I've immersed myself in that world because I'm also a TikToker and I'm on Instagram and I became sort of a, what they call an influencer-ish, like I, what do they call me, a micro-influencer on TikTok? So I actually started getting brands wanting me to represent their products and stuff. And this is like a, you know, a young person's game. And now I'm part of it. And it's, it's so surreal and strange. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of in that world. And when I make certain references, nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like I'm from another planet. So yeah, but I, you know, I get to know both sides of the coin. I know, you know, both worlds, so to speak. So. Well, I'm glad that you know you brought that up because I don't know anybody who's an influencer. But how how exactly does that come about? Oh my God! So basically, what happened was I started putting out videos on TikTok. Okay. I had joined a while back. I didn't think much of it. I actually would put on excerpts from my podcast on there, and it you know wasn't that much engagement. And I just thought, okay, I would try it because I do it on Facebook and a little bit on Instagram. And then one day I had this idea to do a little 12-second video about what people's expectations of what a 64-year-old should look like. And I used a filter, like an aging filter. Okay. And I I said, well, this is what most people expect a 64-year-old to look like this. I used the aging filter. And then I took a film of myself and said, instead of this, yep, I'm 64 and, and this is what I look like. And for some reason, it blew up. I did it on a Sunday afternoon around 11. By 9 o'clock that evening, evening rather, I had like 100,000 views. I didn't know what was happening. Wow. I woke up the next morning, there was another 100,000 views. I suddenly had like 1,000 followers. And I went from 70 followers to 1,000. Like, <laughs> what is going on? So um, I had always gone on this... Um, platform called clubhouse i don't know if you've heard of it it's a audio platform yeah audio platform and i really liked it a lot i sort of used it sort of as like a master class of sorts that's i got a lot of information about acting podcasting voice acting it's all there you speak to you know individuals who have expertise in the subject and i entered this tiktok master class room and I started asking all these questions and I explained to them, I don't know what happened. I blew up. I don't know what to do with it, but I, I feel like I want to do something with it. And they said, well, just keep on doing what you're doing. Like that worked. So talk about aging, talk about, you know, uh, what is that line that you use? And I said, oh, age is not my cage. They go, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So I went back and they, and they also said, oh yeah, you got to do it every day. You have to be consistent. It has to be between, uh, nine to 15 seconds long, you know, try to add music. Uh, you know, you sort of have to have a um, sort of catchy phrase to begin with and then sort of like end with something surprising. There were all these little tricks that they were telling me to do. And so I started doing that and I started getting more followers and more engagement. And and now I'm up to almost 12,000 followers and I became part of the marketplace and you know, so, and then I started getting some, you know, brands contacting me with products, of course, for anti-aging, I guess, apropos. And, you know, and they would tell me, well, yeah, you're what we call a micro-influencer, somebody who has a niche market. 
and you're, you, you know, you talk about something very specific and you have a, a lot of people who are engaged and, the, and I d- answer every response. When I put out a video and people respond, I answer every single one of them. That's important to me. And uh, so that kind of evolved into, you know, doing that as well. And that's when I was told that, you know, it's a content creator. Some people have a negative connotation of what influencers are, but, you know, there's also a lot of good you can do with that. And I find myself, it's not just about some brands approaching me. It's more the, the comments that I get, you know, a lot of lonely people out there, a lot of people who feel invisible, you know, once they're over 50, over 60, life is different and difficult and they feel, you know, they, they want to, they're looking for somebody that they can, uh, you know, sort of appeal to and look up to and talk to and who understands them and has a voice. And so that's what's evolved from that. So that was started in August. And yeah, so it, it grew quite quickly. And I'm having a ton of fun with it. To your point uh, that you just said that a lot of people sometimes have a negative view of influencers. Now, I think maybe the difference between you and maybe some of the others is that you, you come across as very authentic. You're, you're talking about something that, that people can relate to. You're not a person who like lives in a bubble and they have this perfect life. And I think that's what right. very often some of those influencers end up looking like. And they make, I don't know if they realize it or they don't realize it, or maybe they convince themselves that this has been my life all along, you know? So maybe that's what's uh, keep, keeping you out of that zone. It's because they don't come across authentic or after all that, the initial, uh, you know, glorified appeal of the influencer after people came to realize that they're heavily filtered or their, you know, their lives were not what it appeared to be on camera. I, I think that's what started that sort of, you know, negative view of what an influencer is. Mm-hmm. But the difference between TikTok and let's say Instagram is that Instagram, everything does look really pretty and perfect. And, and on TikTok, people are very real. People, you know, before I went on, I thought it was just a bunch of Generation Zs and Millennials dancing. It's not like that at all. There is a lot going on there. And there's a lot of people who are like really real and authentic and they talk about themselves and they reveal a lot. And it was very surprising to me to learn all that. So I also had, uh, you know, a negative view of what an influencer is and also a negative view of even TikTok, thinking that it was just, you know, uh, an app for children, but it's not like that at all. So live and learn. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see more of that because uh, a lot of the TikTok stuff I see, they're practical jokes, people dancing, and it always seems to be the same song for some weird reason. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, the obligatory uh, TNA videos where click on this button and... <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> They're not actually allowed to do that. They're pretty strict about all that on TikTok. I'm surprised that some people get away with it because they'll ban you. I don't know. Maybe they sign up a special way like, yes, I'm advertising porn. I, I'll be under this category or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I, that's interesting that that would be the one that bans them because I know lots of times they have all these crazy TikTok challenges that, that they worry about. And sometimes kids get told stuff like, like, what are you doing? That's true too. I don't see a lot of that because 
The algorithm is very weird on TikTok. They sort of figure out very quickly what you're interested in. And that's what they'll show you because they have a for you page. And then there's a page where you can watch people you follow. So the for you page is something that TikTok decides that you're going to like. And they figure it out like the first few times you're on there. So, you know, I get a lot of stuff, uh, you know, people over 50. Um, I get a lot of stuff about content creation. And now I get a lot of stuff about babies because my daughter's pregnant. So <laughs> I, sort of, I guess I sort of started looking at all this baby stuff. And next thing you know, it's on my for your page. So like, it's like, oh my God, how did they know? And then of course, because I went once or twice to look at that and right away, you know, the algorithm figured out, oh, Esther likes baby stuff. Let's show her that. Well, now that you're explaining this, Esther, I'm, I'm thinking like, maybe I'm in real trouble. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, so what's on your for you, your page? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, they figure it out very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to change my name really quick. Yeah, oh my God. Listen, a lot of people are on there who don't post. They don't do anything. They just literally just view things. Mm -hmm. So there's all these uh, members who their names are like, you know, uh, 52678 AD. You know, that's, you know, there's a lot like that on, on TikTok as well. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. We don't have to <laughs> dwell on TikTok too much, but that's fantastic though, that you, that you do have that kind of fortune that, you know, that, that you can bring that to a, to an audience that you didn't expect. Yes, absolutely. And, and that there is that audience there to begin with. So that's, you know, that's, right. and, and, I, and they're sort of almost forgotten that they're on that platform a lot and they're totally forgotten. So, and originally I did go on because of the podcast, because I did want to put the word out, you know, there was just another venue, uh, you know, to, to promote it, I guess. And, and it just turned into something else. So yeah. So then the podcasting is, um, you know, I, I actually, I never would have thought that it would be something that I would, be able to do that I would enjoy doing. And it ended up being something that just suits me. Mm -hmm. and I don't know where that comes from. So it's, it, and also you have to be somebody who's very inquisitive about people. Yes. Yes. I definitely agree with that. When you first started doing your podcast, were you like hypercritical about everything that you were doing? Like you first, you know, the first couple of episodes and you're like, Ooh, I sound like that extremely extremely <laughs> i hated a lot of things it was very difficult and because it's visual it was it was difficult to watch myself i mean next thing you know i'm buying new makeup and i'm doing <laughs> you know, i got a ring light and i got all this stuff because I, things i hadn't even anticipated like i'm not someone who likes to wear much makeup but mm -hmm. because i was now on camera i was like, oh my god i have to hide this and do this and um yeah, I picked up a lot of things that I was doing and it helped me even in acting, interestingly enough, because I'm on camera, I realized, for instance, that I would move my head a lot. I didn't know I did that huh. you know, or that I, I use my hands a lot. I'm not even Italian <laughs> and I talk with my hands. See, So there were things that I had to tone down a lot and, um, you know, also how to even ask questions, how to interact, when to pause, when to let the other person speak. You learn, you learn. And you also have to be sensitive to the person you're interviewing, you know, try to, you know, I guess before they come on, 
sometimes I ask them, is there anything you don't want me to talk about? What do you prefer we talk about? Things like that. Or, and to pick up on the nuances that you know that they're not comfortable speaking about that. So you better change to another subject. But yes, I was highly critical of myself. Absolutely. I can't even watch the first few episodes. It's like ugh, cringeworthy. <laughs> I guess you really have to kind of find that happy medium when you're on camera regularly like that, because you don't want to be too stiff either or overly animated. <laughs> so you don't want to go from one extreme to the other. Yes, exactly. So I always watch it right after, immediately. Even though I don't want to, I'll watch it right after. And I, yeah, I sort of study not only the way I'm saying things or what I'm saying, but, but because it's on camera, yes, the way, you know, with the body movements and, uh, you know, the, the bobbing of the head, which now I've sort of toned down, thank God. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, you know, live and learn. You, you learn how to, how to do all that, but it's, it's definitely an art. And I don't think that everyone can have a podcast. I know that everybody is trying to have a podcast, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not for everyone. You have to, you know, be a conversationalist, but like I said earlier, I think the, the key, if you're doing it an interview type podcast is to really have interest in other people. Also, not only just having a podcast, but making it last. Because sometimes people can come right out of the box and they're a bundle of energy. And then after a while, it just kind of all goes away. And like you said, there's, there's nothing there. There's, there's no interest in the guests. There's no interest in their audience. There's no concern for their audience. When those things start going away, I think it's that time you unplug the mic and you just say, okay, I'm done. And you also have to have guests that people will be interested in. That that's right. another thing. You know, whether it's sort of a local hero or just somebody who's doing something really interesting mm -hmm. or somebody who's very well known. Uh, you know, you have to kind of know your audience. You sort of have to feel that out as well. And, uh, you know, but you can know, listen, there's analytics. There's things out there that, that'll allow you to know what works and what doesn't work. And you can tell on your own as well, I believe. Yeah. I like asking other podcasters, do you have a, a favorite guest or a favorite episode? So my favorite episode on Esther's Breeze was when I interviewed Eddie Brill. Eddie Brill is a comedian. He was the opening act for the David Letterman show. Okay. And he was, he was the warm-up guy. And he was the guy who also um, hired the comedians that would come on. And he's a great comedian on his own. And he was an absolute blast. He had incredible stories meeting Paul McCartney, uh, uh, Robert De, De Niro. I mean, they were, like, and they were hilarious. So he was amazing. And uh, yeah, I actually had a lot of uh, viewership on, for that particular show. Yeah. He's, I, I, I actually really like having comedians on. They can definitely bring something, especially as a guest very often, uh, you know, they've got the built-in talking points, I guess, you know, so because they've, traveled around and that they have to talk about different things in their act. That's their livelihood. Yeah. Especially the good ones. <laughs> oh yeah. And this guy, he could talk, but he was so entertaining and so engaging and every, the feedback that I got was incredible. So he's probably my all time favorites, Eddie Brill. So are there any other things that would, uh, in the future we should probably be expecting from Mr. Debris or anything special? That well, they may have aired by the time this airs, or maybe even afterward. Actually, I am starting season two uh, this week, and I will be having uh, Stephen 
Ruben, who I believe you've had on your show. Yep. Yeah, so that will be my first episode since uh, really June. So it'll be like six months. Whereas my other podcast I've done continuously okay. since, since last February. So yeah, that, that one I do every week. So no, Esther's Breeze will be, again, a lot of people who are in the uh, film industry. They'll be comedians. They'll be psychics. They'll be authors. Um, you know, that seems to be an audience favorite is to have those type of guests, especially, uh, interestingly enough, as much as comedians are so entertaining and wonderful, having a psychic on for some reason, people love, they're so attracted to that because it's live, right? So people start asking questions, <laughs> like as if they're going to get their fortunes told or something, you know, through the typing and, you know, like as if the, the, the psychic on the other end is going to tell them something. So I <laughs> what find am I thinking of like now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's going to happen to me when I go for my tests, you know, like, I don't know. So, yeah. So, but that, yeah, I find that people um, like that a lot. So I will have two different, uh, coming up in the next few months that I have already booked two different uh, psychics. Cause I know that that's a, that's a crowd pleaser. Oh, when you're not doing all of this stuff for your show, are there any other podcasts that you like to listen to or anything that you watch on YouTube? So this is going to sound really wrong, but there's this podcast that my daughter introduced me to that's called no jumper. I think it's called. And it's, yeah, it's, quite interesting it is actually uh, the host is also a uh, an actor in pornography and he interviews a lot of people who are in pornography or have only fan pages he also interviews a lot of rappers it's but i find it so fascinating because he talks he's in the industry he's talking to all these other people in the industry and it's very matter of fact it's very business and it's just fascinating to me you know, what these women, uh, uh, you know, the amount of money they earn, a lot of them are highly intelligent. You'd be surprised. The host himself is very intelligent and very articulate. And I just watch it like, <laughs> you know, it's like a deer in the headlights, like, oh, my God. So that you see, because that was that's different. That's that's out of the box. So that attracts me. That pizza delivery guy has a master's. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You have those two in New York? Yeah, we have them here as well. We also have a fortune of the show, and it is called Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless Self-Promotion. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And this is where you can let everybody know where they can follow you and uh, keep in touch with you. Absolutely. So I have a podcast called Esther's Breeze, which you can find on my Esther's Breeze YouTube channel, Noon Hour the Bo Out of the Box, which you can also find on my YouTube channel, Esther's Breeze. My Instagram is esteb, E-S-T-I-E-B. My uh, TikTok is Esther Brzezinski, E-S-T-H-E-R-B-R-Z-E-Z-I-N-S-K-I. And you could actually email me as well for any inquiries of any sort. Uh, my email is E-S-T-I-E-B underscore seven at hotmail.com. There you have it. Esther Brzezinski, the host of Esther's Breeze. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Let's get back to the Sherpa. Sorry about that. Ah, 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 ah,
Okay, Rebels, that sound means it's time for only one thing. It's our brand new segment called Sherpa Samples. And this week, I've actually got a bunch of shows to cover because they're created by the same family. Now, before I talk about this family, and they're the McElroys, they belong to a podcast network called Maximum Fun, and they have a website called MaximumFun.org, and there are a lot of interesting shows on that network, uh, including uh, Adam Ruins Everything, The Art of Process with Amy Mann and Ted Leo, and also Judge John Hodgman, along with other interesting types of podcasts like Dead Pilot Society, Can I Pet Your Hug, Go Fact Yourself, and Just the Zoo of Us. The members, as I said, of this network are the McElroys. They are three brothers, and they've created about 14 different podcasts that have been on the charts. So uh, there's a lot to check out that they've created. So I just wanted to kind of run through some that I was listening to and uh, checking them out. Now, remember, when I do my samples, I'm not here to really review the podcast because, you know, who am I to review? And second of all, everybody likes different stuff. So, you know, you may agree with me, you may not agree with me. I'm just kind of giving you a little mini overviews of the podcast, just in case you see them maybe on the charts and you're wondering, hey, what's that about? That's what I'm here for. So I hope that I can be a help to you, Rebels. So I think the most popular podcast that the McElroys have, and we start with the brothers, Justin, Travis, and Griffin, and it's called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And it's a quote-unquote advice show. They take questions from listeners and give advice. You know, they're not professional advice providers. <laughs> it's very unusual and very quirky, but it's fun. And you can tell that they're really having a good time as well. So that makes it enjoyable for the listener. And I know that it's a very popular podcast. They also have the Adventure Zone that they do with their dad, which is a fiction fantasy podcast where the brothers actually create a character for themselves. It's almost kind of like listening to a Dungeons and Dragons type thing with role playing. I, it's sort of along that line, but a little bit different. And they've also done the McElroy brothers will be in Trolls World Tour. And that was about them being in the movie. Uh, so that was like a mini podcast that they did that's eight episodes long. I didn't listen to that one. Uh, this is right off of their website, by the way, called themcelroyfamily.com. Sawbones is hosted by Justin and his wife, Dr. Sydney McElroy. And Sawbones is what they call a marital tour of misguided medicine. And I got to listen to that, and it's really interesting. They take a lot of unusual things in the world of health and have a discussion about it. Again, all these shows are going to be a little quirky, but they want to make it entertaining for you, the listener. So definitely props to them for doing that. I enjoyed Sawbones and the episode that I listened to. So Schmanners is a podcast about etiquette, and it's with Travis and Teresa McElroy. I really enjoyed this one. This was really a neat one. Another one featuring Rachel and Griffin McElroy is called Wonderful, and they talk about the things that they like, and it's all sorts of different things each and every week. And there's another podcast called The Besties, where they talk about their favorite video games, where that's Griffin, Justin, and their friends Chris Plant and Russ Frushstick. Still Buffering is with the ladies, uh, with Sydney McElroy and her sisters, Taylor and Riley Smurl. And they talk about a lot of pop culture stuff and the things that shape them. 
And that was a really interesting one, too. Uh, that one's a little easier on the language than some of the other ones. The next one, with Justin McElroy and the creator of Serialistly, Dan Goubert, is called The Empty Bowl. Now, I had mentioned this podcast sometime back, not realizing that this was a McElroy creation. And I guess that it does fit because it is definitely very quirky. It's uh, ruminations on serial set to meditative music. Yep. <laughs> you heard that right, Rebels. It's probably one of the most unusual podcasts that I've ever listened to. But hey, I guess it fits in to their wheelhouse and I can't criticize them for that. So rock on, Justin. That's all I can say. And there's also Neat with Taylor and Tommy Smurl, which is about the history of alcohol. There's Till Death Do Us Blart, which is an annual review of Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, from the guys from My Brother, My Brother and Me, and The Worst Idea of All Time. There's also Bake On with Teresa and Travis, and they discuss the 2020 season of The Great British Bake Off, run a Doctor Who fan cast with... Travis McElroy and Tybee Dishkin, they talk about Doctor Who, of course. Finally, there's Positivitini, which is messages of hope, support, and inspiration in 10 minutes or less. So what do I think? I think if you definitely like quirky humor, you're going to like these podcasts. These folks, as I said, really want to be entertaining and they want to be informative as well. And hey, you know, that's right up the Sherpa's aisle. So I definitely give them a lot of credit for that. Some of them, uh, the language might be a little strong. So if you don't like hearing a lot of cursing or you don't want to play the podcast around your kids, you might want to skip over that or listen with headphones. You know, that's my usual advice to stuff with cursing. Everybody's got a different view on it. But Thank you, McElroy, for bringing so much to Podcastia, and there's definitely a great variety for you to listen to. I'm sure if there's one of their podcasts that you might not like, there may be another that you will enjoy very thoroughly. There you have it, and that's this week's Sherpa Samples. A very special thank you to Esther Brzezinski of Esther's Breeze. Make sure you check out her podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. This way you can let everybody know about this fun little thing we've got going. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, Sherpolution is the word you need to use. S-H-E-R-P-A-L-U-T-I-O-N. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm there. And speaking of Sherpolution, if you go to Sherpolution.com, you can hear the archive of every single episode we've done right from the beginning. Right till now. Or even until the next one. And the one after that. Whew, I know, we keep busy. All right, Mr. Bruce, let's... Breeze on out of here. You see what I did there? Really clever, huh? All right. Viva la Sharp Pollution, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapelition! Viva la Chapelition! <laughs> oh. Yo, come back now, you hear?